Welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC. Hello and welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC, your CX podcast providing thought leadership and executive insight on customer issues. My name is Mark Hillary. I'm a writer and analyst focused on CX, and I'm your host for this edition of the podcast. The Global Sourcing Association is based in London, UK, and this year they're celebrating their 35th anniversary. Over the years, the GSA has lobbied government, offered professional training, defined industry standards, and conducted research in how to improve strategic sourcing. In this edition of the podcast, we're talking to the CEO of the GSA, Carrie Hallard, about their forthcoming annual symposium and what the future may bring for strategic sourcing. Okay, Kerry, it's great to have you on the podcast. So why don't we open with the the GSA anniversary, um, 35 years old this year. Um, what is the present role of the GSA? And, and has COVID changed or accelerated anything to do with sourcing and the industry in general? Wow, that's a massive question to kick off with, Mark. Yeah, so 35 years next year, um, we celebrate it. And to be honest, you know, our very core essence is the same today as it was when we were established 35 years ago. So um, we are both the industry association and professional body um, for what we now term strategic sourcing. Way back then, we were um, terming it outsourcing, but for numerous reasons, we rebranded, largely because the O word, the word outsourcing, has got so many negative connotations in the British media, um, largely um, supported by um, the British government and its poor use of outsourcing. Um, But also because uh, as an industry association, we have moved from focusing just on helping our members in the way that they manage um, and and address their outsourcing requirements to also looking at whether they want to use shared services, wherever in fact insourcing might be a better strategy for them. And we also see um, automation as being a sourcing strategy. So, yeah, we are focused on bringing together still the, the enterprise buyers of global technology and business services with the providers and suppliers of those services and helping them to do... Um, more business and better business together. So our membership community still comprised of enterprise buyers, service providers, and also those organizations that provide support to both sides of the sourcing equation. So that would be the lawyers, recruitment firms, real estate and consultants. And yeah, you know, our focus changed significantly by COVID as the networking piece. Um, Obviously, virtual networking is very different than in-person networking. Um, But yeah, I'm still focused on bringing the buyers and providers together and the whole sourcing ecosystem together um, to network, do more business, but then to to actually promote the best practice, industry standards, qualifications, and then all the the vision and thought leadership that um, is happening at speed right now for our industry. Okay, that's great. And um, this is going out in early November. And I know that you've got your GSA symposium coming up later in the month. And, you know, this is the big annual event for the GSA. So, so what's the sort of focus or theme for this year? Right, okay. This year, this will be the first in-person event that we have done since the pandemic um, broke. And um, so we're keeping it very much which is a hybrid event and we're really hoping it's going to have a very different feel to previous symposiums in that you know we will be able to be very global in our outlook in, and in the content that we'll be delivering. Um, the main focus for the GSA symposium every year is to present the work that we've done 
um, from the manifesto we set at the beginning of the year, but also then to present the manifesto of the work that we plan to deliver for 2022. And obviously, as we're um, entering our 35th anniversary, there's a really, really huge programme of work um, that we'll be, um, we'll be announcing and committing to at our symposium. So we have had running um, numerous work streams um, throughout 2021, and you um, you would expect an update from all of them. So we've got the contracting work stream, where we'll be given an update on how we sadly believe that contracting is one aspect of sourcing that is probably no longer fit for purpose, and it's one of those areas that has really trailed behind. Um, so we're looking at moving towards GSA standard principles. You know, our belief is very much that far too much time, uh, resource, money is wasted on negotiating principles like liability agreements and things like that, that they really don't really need to be negotiated. There are some, some really standard principles that the industry should, um, should apply. So we'll be uh, giving an update on the work towards GSA standard um, principles, but how you can also move towards much smarter contracting. And also a big subject, largely driven um, by the pandemic, is how do you bring wide-scale, large transformation into your sourcing arrangements midterm? So we'll be discussing that in our contracting work stream update. But then we've got similar updates on the work that we've been doing across other streams. So um, this year we launched the Council for Supply Diversity UK, uh, and there we'll be giving the work that we've done so far on how does an organisation in the UK um, go about setting up and running a diverse supply chain? And also, what are the data sets of what a good diverse supply chain actually look like? So there is best practice in the United States for this, but it's not a lift and shift approach. So we really do need to be building this from the ground up in the UK. And everyone is in, in the, on the enterprise buy side is really, really passionate about the su subject of supplier diversity. But bizarrely, nobody knows what a good diverse supply chain actually looks like or how to do it. So we'll be given a full update on the work that we've been doing there. Another area, and again, something we launched this year was the Open Talent Forum. So we've been looking at all things open, uh, open talent. We've been looking at different types of open talent platforms that are out there. But really, in the symposium, we're going to be doing a shout out to our community about get on board with open talent because open talent is the biggest game changer. Our industry um, has faced probably bigger than the advent of, um, of offshoring. And at the moment, we see our enterprise buyers being slightly more ahead of the game and willing to embrace open talent platforms, whether those are internal open talent platforms or external ones, then perhaps the service providers are themselves. So where historically we'd always used to say, oh, the service providers are laggards and bringing automation to the table because they were frightened it was going to hurt their revenue streams. I think we're seeing exactly the same thing all over again with the service providers being frightened to access open talents because they don't quite get how it's going to impact their revenue streams. They're still too beholden to the traditional FTE model and they need to start thinking completely out of the box because if they don't, then um, they're going to they're gonna lose market share. You've got, you've got platforms like freelancer.com. It's got 1.6 million people on it now. And now they're embarking upon delivering projects in a managed service way 
you know, that makes them a key competitor against some of the work that the traditional service providers have been doing. So, so yes, so you'd expect content on open talent as well, also on ESG, sustainability. Um, we are currently researching and we'll be presenting the results of that research as to whether the industry needs to develop a service provider sustainability performance index. So, you know, ESG, all things sustainability are going really, really high up all corporate agendas. And again, the service, um, the, the global technology business services industry needs to, you know, set out its pledge and its, um, its focus and its strategy to be a lot more sustainable itself. So those are just some of the things um, you can expect um, being headlined at the symposium. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, particularly the the whole open talent, I guess, is also going to cross over to to the gig CX area that uh, that I've been writing a lot about this year. But I but I think that one thing there that you also mentioned that was really interesting was around automation um, and contracting. Um, because you mentioned that the contracts are very much FTE focused still in many cases. But, uh, you know, once you start bringing in AI automation and other kinds of tools, then the service providers adding a lot of value, but there's no FTEs involved. So it starts becoming hard to contract for that. I mean, are you looking a lot at automation uh, or exploring ideas around automation in the symposium? Yes. Well, we have got uh, a whole focus and it will be presented within the symposium. It's all focused on responsible automation. So we're doing a lot of work on the future of work and what skills we're going to need in our industry moving forward. Obviously, there's lots of research out there at the moment. I think, you know, these headlines belong to Forrester, but you've got millions of accountants that in the next few years are going to be displaced. Um, they need to be reskilled or upskilled. Uh, and it's, it's been highlighted um, that they have the same skill sets uh, and characteristics as a data analyst. So let's get those moving into data analyst roles where we've got a huge skills gap right now. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of work to do that we're doing looking at the future, the future of work and, yeah, the responsible automation. And that lies with governments, it lies with enterprise buyers, but it also lies with the service providers that they need to take responsibility to reskill and upskill those roles that are actually being, um, being displaced. Uh, so, yeah, that's a huge bit. We've got an event prior to the symposium, which is also a really interesting event and, and very topical, and that's all about ethics in AI. And obviously, that's a huge subject area um, in the United Kingdom. Everyone's really, really slightly concerned about the use of their data and personal data and, and decisions that might be made that might not be accurate and actually have huge ramifications on people's personal and professional lives. Um, so we're doing an educational piece that um, is to help the sourcing professional or the procurement professional to understand the questions they need to ask about what technology is it that you're really buying and what do you really understand that technology to be doing? Because there's so many organisations that could be falling short and getting themselves into a whole host of trouble because they're buying AI technology without really understanding how it's um, going to be used. And they could open themselves up for different sort of lawsuits if they're not careful. So, yeah, it's a huge area of change right now. Yeah, and another point you mentioned there as well was around ESG. 
And I've seen um, companies talk about ESG a lot within the sourcing environment. Quite often, they're focused on impact sourcing and how you can work with suppliers in places like India or South Africa to, to, to help people create jobs and training. Um, but uh, is, is there a broader ESG focus that you're starting to see more generally now? Yeah, absolutely. So you look at um, a lot of the service providers, um, CGI being a really fine example where they've actually made their pledges to when they want to be not carbon neutral, but when they actually want to be net zero. Uh, and that is, you know, that's, um, that's a really positive move. And they're, they're, they're obviously announcing to, to deliver to that target far ahead of, you know, the, the British government's targets. So I think we're seeing a strong move to, um, to that. Um, the, the overall sustainability agenda about green data centers, all of those sort of things obviously are really critical um, to our industry. But where I think it's quite different um, for, for the, the global technology business services is from, but we don't have huge amounts of chemical waste, you know, so we've got different metrics that we need to bring into our version of ESG. And that's because we are very much a human resource, we're a people-centric industry, we need to bring much more of those soft factors in. So you're absolutely right. We need to be measuring not just net zero, carbon neutral emissions and all of those sort of things. We need to look at the impact that we're making on poverty around the world and impact sourcing is a really good um, route for doing, you know, really good route for doing that. And also the subject I just mentioned of responsible automation, that also falls back into social, the social values of organisations where they are taking responsibility to reskill. Um, so really important um, areas that have a slight difference for the services industry um, to um, to elsewhere. But on the subject of impact sourcing, you know, we've done work across the Global Technology and Business Services Council, which GSA is, um, is a member, and we've got 11 other industry associations around the world that work with us on, on a global vision and global futures. And um, impact sourcing pretty well defined in, in the US. Um, we have very few examples of best practice coming from the UK. So, you know, I don't want to say that everyone's greenwashing with impact sourcing, um, but I don't think many organisations are doing anywhere enough in really, um, really building um, impact sourcing into their businesses properly where they really are giving work to otherwise disadvantaged individuals and mapping their progress and seeing the value that that actually brings into their organization. There's little corporate social responsibility exercises happening all around, but to say that they're proper impact sourcing, I think is currently still a misnomer. Okay. Okay. So there's definitely some opportunity for change there. Um, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned there also about ethical AI. Um, there's going to be some training at the symposium and responsible automation and exploring how different professional jobs may need to evolve because of automation. Um, does that also include the gig economy? Because, you know, uh, certainly Gartner believes that many people involved in sourcing will actually be gig workers within a few years. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said I think it's one of the biggest game changers. We were having um, a global council meeting earlier on today, and um, it was really interesting that there are issues with the gig working going on all around the world. So the guys in Poland were saying that they've got a whole host of software developers that are actually running three jobs simultaneously at the moment and getting full-time pay for three 
three jobs, but not, you know, not necessarily being sounded out for doing that or beginning to be rumbled for what they're doing. But because software developers are in such high demand, they're not actually being let go from their principal employment. And it's almost like they're being able to get away with this. You know, the, the, the software engineers turn into the rock and roll star and they can pick and choose and, and become quite diva-ish in terms of what work they're willing to do and how they're willing to do that. Um, but that's for software and that's obviously for software engineers. What we're seeing in the, the CX, you know, gig space is you've got the, the fans of brands, you've got the individuals that have got their full-time jobs and they want to supplement that by doing, you know, support work on subjects or brands that they really love in their lunch hours or randomly at break times during the day or in the evening or on the day offs or at the weekends. And that is really, really um, beginning to, to take off. And what really amazed me is it's not just taking off in the business to consumer space, it's actually taking off now in the business to business space. So you look at accountants are providing support to other accountants that use Sage. That then started blowing my mind as to what the potential of this for you know the change of customer um, service and customer experience might be. So um, yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's all it, it's all nascent at the moment. But yeah, if I was a betting woman, I would put money on this becoming really really huge. So. Okay, that's great. Um, and I was going to ask you about some of the key themes for next year, but then I was also thinking about asking if you have any preview of the manifesto, and that, that's probably the same question, really. So, I mean, just, just sort of wrapping up now and looking forward to 2022, what, what are you putting into the manifesto, if it's possible to give any kind of preview into what the focus will be for next year? I'm frightened that maybe I have already leaked some of that um, as it is. But yes, certainly there is going to be this whole focus on having um, a global vision and a global view of, um, you know, sustainability in our industry and uh, a pledge to change that. Uh, and within that, um, I do firmly believe we will be launching some kind of service provider sustainability performance index. Uh, and the idea there is not to make this a name and shame approach. It's going to be very much to, to focus on, um, you know, those that are really, really good. They can declare that they're really good and, and um, obviously great benefits and kudos to their brands, but they're then to help those that aren't really good, to share the best practices and all the approaches that they've done to help them achieve that the higher level grading, but to help the industry as a whole to improve. And I think the other area, massive area that I've not stepped, um, touched on yet is, is talent on a huge talent agenda. So this industry is a global industry. It's been a global industry for a really, really long time. Why we continue to work to national standards, I do not understand. So we are looking at, again, the GSA being involved with the Global Technology Business Services Council, of actually having one global view of the competences and capabilities required for the individual working in our industry, um, which I think is well well overdue. Um, and the other thing is really looking at, you know, really topical subjects like digital standards, 
and a framework for digital standards. We've got so much digital transformation going on that digital means digital means digital in so many different ways, so many different people that we do need to to work on um, actually having a, a framework of you know vocabulary and what that all means. And of course, carrying on with the open talent agenda um, is going to be um, is going to be really significant part of our work. Then looking at how global operating models are changing. Um, we'll be doing a fair bit of research and presenting back on that, just looking at how global brands have responded to the pandemic and what they've changed to make their global footprints and operating models more resilient for the future. Um, you know, learning from the, the, the pandemic and the challenges that has posed. I'm sure there's a million and one other things that we are doing. It's it's very busy um, because the industry is changing on a pin. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's a taster of what we're focused on and what we've got coming down the line, as well as the future of CXM. So yes, we are constantly focusing on, there's a best practice guide coming out in November on the future of CXM as well. Uh, and we'll continue to look at the way that the technologies and contact center as a service and all of these sort of, um, you know, automations are impacting and changing the delivery of customer experience. Okay. That's a great overview of everything. And what we'll do is make sure that the show notes include a link through to the symposium for anybody who listens to this and is interested in participating. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. It's great speaking to you. Thanks for listening to the CX Pod Europe. That's all we have time for today. Please check ttech.com slash EMEA slash CX pod for other episodes of the podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye until the next episode.